Hello and welcome to this episode of Tuesdays with Mummy, a show where I Tejas get together with my mother once a week and chat about the happenings in our lives. Say hello to your crowd, mother. Hello everyone. I'm Kala here and thank you so much for joining us today. Today on the podcast, we're talking about poetry, the expression of our thoughts and emotions in verse. A common love for both my mother and I, poetry has captured our imaginations since I was a little boy. We've taken on poetry challenges together and even compiled an anthology of the writing we've done. My first memory of poetry is poetry recitation competitions at primary school. Each year at the start of the academic year, we were given a book of poems and we had these recitation contests in class to see who could recite and emote these poems the best. Uh, I remember practicing in front of the mirror and Amma used to take my book and see if I had memorized it enough helping me enunciate parts better, which then led to a few merit cards for a good performance. What's your first memory of poetry, Amma? I remember when my baby sister was born. Um, at that time, I must have been about four, four and a half years. And that was the first time I composed a few lines. And uh, everybody clapped their hands. And it gave me <laughs> so much of joy being the center of attention. And, you know, this was the first uh, verses that I had composed. And I really liked uh, the poetry so much. You know, so that was when the love for poetry started because you could express the thoughts with a subtle sense of humor. And most importantly, I like the way the lines could end with the rhyming words, yeah. you know, like a cat and sat. And uh, I remember this one about my sister too. I have a little sister called Dina who loved to play Veena, something like that. that Even I though your little sister's of. name is not Dina. Yeah, I wished. <laughs> it just meant <laughs> good rhyming words, you know, that was always used to be my focus. Yeah. So, and it was easy to create. So that was where my love for poetry started. And what about yours? Uh, for me, what I, what I remember being struck by was how you could say so much in such few words and how there are so many styles and so many layers and so many types of poetry. Uh, for example, I remember in our third grade assembly, we performed a poem called Homework, I Hate You, which is to date one of my favorite poems because it goes, Homework, I hate you, I hate you, you stink. I wish I could crumple you and shove you down the sink, which I found hilarious because I can relate to that so much. And it was conveyed in such, I think, 20 words. That's all it took him to convey such a complex emotion of hatred, which I found fantastic. Okay. Right, yeah. right, right. Even every child can relate to it even today. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey Tejas, so when you studied literature, it reminded me of my own childhood days of studying poetry and prose. Um, I remember vividly our fight that we had when you were in grade 8, whether you should pick up uh, literature or geography as a main subject and ultimately you managed to convince both dad and myself by showing how much joy uh, the literature gave you do you yeah, remember I, that yeah i remember that fight pretty clearly actually and i feel like i couldn't convince you on merits because your points were too valid so i decided to use emotional blackmail and appeal to your emotions of i will be sad if you don't let me take literature Literature is the joy and the blood of my life. And that clearly worked. 
So, I mean, I'm happy because I got two more years of literature before ultimately I had to give it up. And then obviously came back to it in college. Right. And when you were in uh, the school days, it also brought back a flood of memories about my own English teachers. Mm -hmm. Two uh, very distinct memories, two different teachers who had different style of teaching poetry. You know, one teacher used to be so full of fun. He used to actually uh, teach us poems by singing. I remember this uh, poem. Uh, daffodils I think it was I wandered lonely as a cloud or yeah. daffodils by William Wordsworth you know the way he used to teach us and you know with so much of joy and so much of liveliness it used to be in a in a song sing song pattern like why don't you sing I wandered for us <laughs> yes I was about to I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills when all at once I saw a crowd a host of golden daffodils la 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 it used to go on you know and we were like smiling when we heard it as such this poem is so joyful yeah. right I mean it is so lovely and it has so much of vivid imagination and description that it brings about imagery right in terms of how uh, Wordsworth expresses the clouds and then the host of daffodils. And this seems to have created a very strong impression in me. And years later, when we visited the Kukenhof uh, garden, the flower garden in Amsterdam, and then I saw the daffodils, this was the poem that I remembered, you know, the yellow color daffodils. And I could exactly imagine what Mr. Wordsworth would have thought about and would have actually seen when he wrote the poem. You yeah. know? So do you remember that poem? Yeah, so we had it as a selection in our poetry selection in grade six, which is when my sort of understanding of literature became a little better than it was because uh, I started to, my English teacher was amazing in grade six and grade seven. I think you remember her, right? And yes. um, when we did this poem, I remember her explaining all the different kinds of uh, literary devices that Wordsworth had used to bring out his emotions. We wrote like a 600 word essay on the subject and she, she really took care in helping us form very strong opinions about the poem. And the thing that uh, daffodils always will be for me, and maybe it will change in a couple of years, but for now at least what it is for me is... Uh, it's a very clear expression of how it just takes one singular thing to make you happy when you feel solitude or when you feel alone. Um, yeah. For Wordsworth that day, he imagined, I mean, the entire imagery he pictures or he paints of how he sees a, a host of daffodils. For me, when I was staying alone for the last five months, I found a very similar joy in the smallest of things like my beanbag. Like if you asked me to write a poem today about that was similar to this, staying alone in a big house for uh, five months for me just led to a lot of joy out of that beanbag, seeing it filled with all those beads ready to be sat on. And, and that's, so, what, that's what I took out of daffodils, honestly. Yeah. And so you, uh, similar to uh, Wordsworth, would you have also personified beanbag as someone being very comfortable and where you yeah, can yeah. hug oh, and all that? 100%. I mean, I've done that with so many different things. I, I think one of the poems I wrote at some point was an ode to my comforter. 
So yes. uh, when we lost our beautiful comforter once in the laundry, so I'd be hundred percent comfortable with personifying my being back. What other poems do you remember from from your childhood? Yeah, so the second teacher uh, was this English madam, and she used to always give a very deep uh, philosophical uh, meanings. And the other poem that I remember was by uh, Robert Frost, the American poet, "The Road Not Taken." Mm. You know, so this one has also kind of had very deep impressions and it's kind of etched in my mind. And uh, for some reason, I seem to have revisited this over the years. And every time I read the poem, it kind of gives me a new meaning, you know, even though the core uh, concept and what the message um, um, Robert Frost is trying to say it's still tricky. It is not very clear. Uh, you know, he does mention about Sai and the, the road less traveled by, right? So you really can't uh, differentiate whether he has taken an um, optimistic stand or a pessimistic stand. Do you remember that uh, poem? Yeah, Ro I do. Uh, Robert I mean, Frost? I remember it fairly clearly. And for me, I think what what the road not taken spoke about was how you should be ready for adventure, ready for life's adventure. Because yeah. you're, you're going to be at crossroads at so many different points in your life, decision making and all of that, right? And every time I think when you're at a fork, there's always a path that someone has traveled and come back and told you everything that's there. So it's an expected path. And then there's this path of adventure. Uh, where, where you can just go and be the first person to, to do everything on that path. And uh, I'm not an adventurer by nature. I'm one of those safe, comfortable, this is, my, this is my path type of people. But after reading The Road Not Taken, I, sort of, I started to take things as they came a little more. And I started to be more prepared to take that, that adventurous path, to see where it took me. Because life is... I think the other, the beautiful thing of choosing a path and all of that is that life is a journey. And uh, Frost is just able to encapsulate all of that in that one poem, which I loved right. so much. Right. How you approach life and how optimistic you can be yeah. and how you can accept the reality of the situation you are in. You know, yeah. it is just about the choices that you make and uh, at that given point in life, when you talk about the crossroads, there is only so much information that you have. So yeah. there is no point in having a regret or a guilt in not taking or not choosing the other path. So how, with what ease can you move on and leave your baggage behind? And there is so much, you know, to talk about on this poem that he tries to tell us. And, uh, you know, some people see it as being a bit pessimistic, but I have never seen it that way. I think it's more like seeing a half cup whether it is empty or whether it is full. And I've always uh, seen this to be a very uh, positive, very encouraging sort of poem, you know, to accept life and to move along. Mm. Yeah, I think, right? I feel like all of these kind of poems and poems in general carry so many different meanings to so many people. For us, this is what we're taking out of it, right? Uh, for yeah. others, it could be something else completely. And, and yeah, that's yeah. the beauty of, that's, that's the beauty of verse, I feel. Like you said at the start of this episode, after studying poetry, you've always been a fan of writing poetry. 
uh, for me, the thing that got me into writing poetry was the inspiration I took from my English teachers themselves. Both of them, both of who taught me in grade six and grade seven were on my bus route. And uh, in after, like they made the bus a very fun place because they used to chill with us, uh, especially in grade six. And it was, it was really enjoyable in the bus to talk about what we had studied in, in class a little more. Uh, to ask doubts and I remember doing that with A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens endlessly just asking lots of questions about the book uh, but they really inspired me to write poems and sort of think about poetry a little more because they felt like I had I had some level of skill with it that they really nurtured and soon I discovered the joy in it. Uh, I remember my first poem was this poem called Humans Hustling Everywhere uh, which is just about a chicken imagining what nature's destruction is like, which I loved <laughs> I because it rhymed It rhymed continuously, <laughs> which I enjoyed thoroughly. But what got you into writing poetry? Uh, I think I was always writing poetry uh, from a very young age and kind of writing them in a book as well. Uh, I guess it was just an expression of thoughts and something that you could... Uh, you know, uh, do it so beautifully, articulate in the wildest imagination possible. And again, like I mentioned, the syllables and the, you know, the meters, the rhyming words, all of these were very attractive for me, you know. And um, one of the things that I still remember is this good friend of mine, a classmate, and uh, she wrote a poem uh, about we were 70 of us in our class in the high school and she wrote a poem about each and every student so that was when it struck me that you could make events more memorable this was kind of a farewell and she made it so beautiful which you know all of us remember even to this day um, that was when uh, I thought that poetry you can definitely add to make it um, a more memorable uh, event and uh, I remember later also when I was working I wrote a poem, a similar one, thanking all my office colleagues and I could bring in a certain bit of their characteristics, their individuality, what they meant to me in my own small way. Yeah. And uh, recently as well, right, for dad's uh, 50th birthday, I wrote a spoken word poetry. So it's just that small glitter of, um, uh, what do you say, the joy that can bring everyone uh, together this is what poems do for me when I write yeah, I think it's very similar for me so I remember for my school yearbook in grade 10 I wrote a poem about the of about each of my classmates inspired I think maybe we maybe we discussed this at the time I can't recall exactly but I had also written a small a short poem because we were just 20 of us uh, involving all my classmates names and what I remember thinking at the time was just it wouldn't have been as fun if I hadn't written it in a poem. If I had described the scenery in my class, uh, it wouldn't have been as enjoyable to read or revisit later on if it was in the form of prose. It was just that much more fun when it was poetry. And we both sort of continued writing poems, right? So there's the Global yeah. Poetry Writing Month that happens every April that I first took up in 2017 and then took up a little bit in 2018 and then more seriously in 2019. And it's a staple of the blog now because Globo Demo happens every year. 
Um, Global Remo is basically this poetry writing challenge where everyone gives you, a, where you get a prompt every day that challenges you to write a new style of poetry on a new subject. And it's, it's always very fun. And something that I admire tremendously about the Global Remo people is how they continue to find new ways of testing poetry writers or people who have a hobby or a penchant for writing poetry. Uh, but what, what made you take up Global Remo after seeing me take it up? Like, I don't, I was, I was stunned by the fact that you wanted to try it out because it is, for me, it was, it was a serious commitment that I took for fun. But when you take these sort of commitments, I've observed how seriously and earnestly you do them. So that's why it stunned me. So what made you take it up? Yeah, Gloporimo is not an easy challenge where you'll have to write a poem each day based on the prompts. Of course, they say these are the preferences, but we would as well go with the rules and regulations when we take up the challenge, right? So I had seen the two seasons of Gloporimo of yours and how each day you brought about, you fit in the uh, prompts that were given, the situations, what were mentioned and how much of joy it gave me to even read those poems and it was so much fun loving even it was small things about I think remember I remember once you had written about an animal a mosquito and how much it kind of irritated you but still you were being very kind and uh, you know and also I realized that most of your poems had a strong message to give you know, something which was, uh, you know, exactly opposite to what the starting would be. That was something that actually, yeah, when I think about it. So that was one other thing that I felt that uh, through the poems and the situation, it was also possible uh, to convey your innermost feelings in a very nice manner, you know, without hurting anyone. So, and I like Gloporimo mainly because it introduced me to different types of poems. I wasn't aware about what haiku was, the Japanese form, right? And it was a three-line poem with the 575, if I remember, right? Syllables uh, structure and the meter structure and also the situations that they used to detail in the prompt and they used to give two as examples to encourage more people uh, to hop on onto this challenge. Uh, My favorite was the, my favorite of yours rather was the elegy, the loss or grief that you wrote about laundry. Remember, yeah. you lost yeah, yeah. Uh, pieces of laundry yeah. and then you had written it. Uh, so that was something that I really liked. And uh, I liked the one that uh, one of their challenges said to write a list of things. And then I, you know, it was uh, very nice when I took up that particular prompt. I started writing a list of things that put me to sleep. Because sleep is something that gives you so much of comfort and so much of peace and brings so much of smile on your face. So, uh, you know, just thinking about it gave me joy. Yeah. So the the thing that I I like about Global Emo is how how chill it is. Like I've always approached the challenge as being chill because it's it's optional to follow the regulations. So for me, the opt-out was to write haiku. Whenever I couldn't actually write a poem, I just write haiku. My favorite piece of poetry that I've written throughout all the Gloporimos I've done is a poem about pooping in the hostel. 
Uh, do you remember this? I'm sure you do. The floating yes. piece of poop in the hospital. Oh yes, man! I was so embarrassed to read it. First time I read on your blog post, I was quite embarrassed. Yeah, I'm sure. But I mean, that's the life I lived, right? Like the hostel is like that. The washrooms are actually like that. So why should I hide that? That's what I loved about it. Honestly, it was just so enjoyable. And Appa obviously got to reap the rewards of everything we did. He got to listen to mm-hmm. poetry every day at home. And uh, for his birthday, we were able to put together the book, which was uh, right. quite a fun process. Coming up with the name for it, trying to organize your poetry against my poetry, and yeah. it somehow reminded me of how competitive you are. Also, everything I do, you feel like you have to do better than me. It's not better. I get insp- in- inspired by you. Like yeah. they say, flattery is the best form of. You mean imitation is the best form? Imitation of is the best. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, imitation yeah. is the best form of uh, flattery. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you had one takeaway from everything that you've learned from poetry, um, or how you like to take poetry forward in your life, what would that be? Uh, it you know I love poetry so much though. So the last few months I decided to have a workshop called Rhymes and Verses. It was basically a series of ten sessions on how to structure poetry, the different types, how to write. I introduced uh, this to children in the age group of ten, eleven, and twelve, and the creativity what it brought about. You know it was so delightful, and even the parents loved it. You know, yeah. so this is one of those unique hobbies, uh, you know, which is more than the actual academics. And in fact, uh, one kid even ventured to do a 3D form of poetry, something new, something that you can really stretch your imagination. She did about pyramid and pizza. Oh, so wow. it was so much fun, so much fun. Yeah. So it's a continuous learning uh, for me, uh, this love with poetry, what I have. And we even celebrated the last day of the Gloporimo Challenge as Poetry Day with all uh, the children writing ode to their family. And they made it feel so special about it, you know. So it was wonderful. And I hope my love and this relationship with poetry continues and we both get so many more opportunities to work together yeah i don't know about the latter part i don't know how much <laughs> i want to work with you in my life but uh, i mean poetry for me has become a part of my everyday life like i've formed so many friendships on the basis of poetry uh, i discuss poetry with a lot of friends uh, one of my friends and i discuss a new poem i think in 2017 and 2018 We were almost discussing a new poem every two or three days. Now the frequency is reduced, but we still get together and we analyze a fresh piece of poetry that strikes our eyes because of how wonderful the art form is. Uh, The other thing is that I think for, for me, I started to explore more cultures and more poetry cultures as a result of this. Because Gloporimo, for example, last year asked us to use a translation of a poem to make a poem of our own. And uh, recently I discovered Rumi and Shamsi Tabrez, who are originally poets, uh, no matter what stature they've gotten. And uh, looking back at my childhood, all four of the houses, Shakespeare, Bronte, Tennyson and Dickens, uh, they were all named after poets and 
poet laureates, right? Like, sorry, people who had attained a huge amount of fan following for poetry. So I'm really just hoping that this continues for as long as possible because the world that poetry has opened up for me is not a world that would otherwise have been. So I think that concludes our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast will be out wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, or Anchor. We're going to be on SoundCloud and YouTube very soon. Subscribe and do listen in next Tuesday for our next episode. See you then. 